0: Hi John. Hey Alex. Uh do you know what I hate? What do you hate? Ted Williams. Ted Williams? Yeah, or Walt Disney. Uh why do you why do you hate them? Besides, I mean Walt no, Disney. just the...
1: rich, rich fucks that decided to get themselves cryogenically frozen.
0: Oh, uh, you just hate icy guys.
1: Yep. Like fry.
0: Yeah, and icy vanilla sky. I, I had been in a funk for a few days and the incandescent rage I felt at this movie just propelled me right out of it. It was like a cold shower. Oh, that's good. Wonderful. Bracing. Um, I hate this fucking thing. I remember not liking it when I saw it in 2001 or, you know, when it came out. Ooh, it's so much worse now. It is. Oh, Mm. what a, just a turd. And and I remembered watching it. I'm like, oh yeah, I used to like Cameron Crowe. And then this happened. And then, yeah, I never really looked back. This is one of the ones I, that kind of like laid bare stuff I didn't like about him.
1: I found that there was a couple spots where the the momentum of the movie stalled so badly that it was hard for me to keep watching. Yes. But, like, I would say that even someone like me who doesn't have editing experience with movies, I could edit a version of this. Just trimming out a bunch of stuff. They wouldn't add anything, not, not, not moving anything around. Trimming out like... Seven minutes mm. that would make this movie forty five percent better.
0: Well, oddly enough, the original the there, this, that movie exists. It's called Abre los ojos, and it's the movie this was based on. It's only two hours oh, okay, long, good. whereas this is two fifteen. And that that's I, about right. I didn't I didn't finish it by the by the time of this recording, I, I didn't have the time to finish it. But what I did see, like they he uh, Cameron Crowe added so much stuff in terms of like trying to make these characters more human in a lot of ways. Uh, I didn't get to the big turn, so I didn't see how he how he handled that. But um, the characters in the the first one are really like razor thin, but that kind of helps it a bit more because I think some of the sort of more humanizing things he does to some of the characters actually makes like I think it turns Tom Cruise into an actually a bigger asshole. And I think it makes Cameron Cameron Diaz more like pathetic and sad rather than just sort of this femme fatale force of evil. And I know he wanted to do that, but then by the end of the movie, I actually just care about Cameron Diaz and felt bad for her versus everybody else who I kind of hated. Uh,
1: yes, I'm a little conf- well. We're I can't. I can't jump ahead. This hypothetical other movie, which I'm going to watch, because I'm going to say, uh, like hesitantly, I love this movie, but it's objectively bad. Like it's the editing is. Is, is terrible. Like, they they did... I get they were going for the dreamy kind of thing, but, like, it doesn't land, and it fucks the tone up really badly. I think there's a couple of spots with Tom Cruise that you just... Just little little snippy snips that he, like, humanizes, like, makes him act like an actual person instead of some of the choices that are made. And I love the movie. But, boy,
0: it's... It is... It is totally inconsistent. A phrase, watch, i like to say, <laughs> watch the original. Like I said, I can't speak one hundred percent about it because I didn't get to the to the big twist, which will we'll, the big turn that we'll we'll talk about. But I know it's largely the same. In fact, starring Penelope Cruz as well in the same role, uh, except she like acts and has character uh, in that one versus like it seems like in this one where she learned her lines phonetically, uh, very not good in this movie. And I I I, I kind of like Penelope Cruz, but not not good in this. Oh, I thought she was good in this. I, think, I thought I think Tom Cruise is woefully miscast. I think Cameron Crow, uh, yeah, Cam, Tom, Cameron Crow is the wrong person for this entire.
1: Um, no, so I thought Penelope Cruz was good uh, because it's seen through the eyes of Tom Cruise's character, and he's like because she's not in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing we see of Penelope Cruz is the the night of their first date. And she's just like, oh, look at me. I've got a beautiful smile. She's Gal Dot. We're just like, man, you are, boy, could you smile radiantly. And that's it. That's all. And then he spins this whole narrative in his head about how perfect it was and how, you know, they were going to fall in love forever, yada, yada. I kind of think the performance of her not having that, like her just kind of being there as this like uh, uh, anthropomorphic
0: smile works for me. Yeah, I, I mean, and like I said, there's not like that much more character in in the original, but just like the, I think the chemistry between the two leads is a lot better in in the original, and I think well, yeah, we can Cruise... we can get into that in the at the end, but like I have a real big issue with her appearance at the very end, but we can oh, talk yeah. about whether right, well, whether so, wait, or wait. not that is that is his point of view or not.
1: So Tom Cruise mm-hmm. is a, is a very charismatic man but has zero charisma with other actors. I've never seen him pop with someone. He just, Mm. he's charismatic. He's really fun to watch, but like, there's no, he doesn't play off of other, I mean, especially like female leads. He just, there's nothing there. There's never a, oh yeah, that's totally going to happen. Like even Penelope Cruz dated after this.
0: Yeah. And like, there's nothing, there. like there's no spark. It is. uh, Well, first of all, like this movie, his character in this movie is, uh, it like supposed to be this kind of like young playboy go-getter thing. And first of all, he's 40 when this, or about 40 when this movie made, this is a character that's supposed to be like in their twenties, the kind of like. He's 33 life... in the
1: movie.
0: Oh, is he 33? Cause it feels, it he, he yeah. feels like he should be younger than that with the kind of decisions he's making or whatever. They, they spend a lot more time in this one with his like work stuff and the seven dwarves and all that, which was a complete waste of time. And I just never really understood. And it feels like it bogs the whole thing down. And because they try to be like, they try to make it into like the game and add layers to it, which it didn't need. Uh, but he's also the kind of narcissist that Tom Cruise is, is not the same kind of narcissist that this character is. They want this character to be like Bruce Wayne, basically like the outward Christian Bale's outward Bruce Wayne. And Tom Cruise has the narcissism of like a I'm striving for number one kind of guy like I'm gonna do this perfectly and I'm right and I'm good yeah, he's got like Patrick
1: Bateman vibes and... yeah
0: exactly it's much more American psycho than just like hey I'm just a drunk party boy and I think that was a yeah. huge mistake because it doesn't it doesn't fit some of the 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 character choices that have to happen later and like the growth that apparently is supposed to happen it doesn't like that the whole underlining of like what his personality is and and or lack thereof it just doesn't mesh well with tom cruise i think
1: uh on that note i agree with what you're saying there and this is one of the very just annoys me as 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 an inveterate drinker no fucking adults drink jack and coke that's Mm. not an adult drink (laughs) and especially a rich person that's just that's that was the least believable part
0: of this movie i i know adults that drink it but yes not those people
1: <laughs> like, but even they, but talk to them because that's you can't you can't drink a Jack and Coke as an adult. Well, they also you can, drink you know, Bud I, Light.
0: So what do you want from me?
1: Ugh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I want you to make better choices. They live in the I Midwest.
0: It's not up to me. <laughs> it's it's up to the Kansas. Well, City you didn't tell to me they live in the
1: right. Midwest. No, no, no. That's I. There's of course there's yeah, a Midwest allowance. Because they're real Americans. Oh no, I was just going to say there's like seven people there, and you got to do something. I mean, fine. Oh, yeah, fucking yeah. Ha- have your have your. uh Oh, we, we, only, we call it a uh, pop, pop and Daniels, mm-hmm. which my, I was, that's my Minnesota accent. <laughs> I forgot we we're talking for the Midwest. So I was going to start making fun of the South.
0: <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent work.
1: I would, again, I, I said it once, I'll say it again. The only States that matter
0: are New York, uh, Los Angeles <laughs> and, and England. Um, what, what's funny is during that, the, the club scene, the bartender is, uh, W Earl Brown who uh, a lot of people may know that's from- That's who that is. Yeah, Dan from- From Dan Dorty From Dan so I I'm just imagined that that's yeah. actually Dan Doherty's, like, grandson or whatever, you know, great-great-grandson. Oh, uh, God. There's just this, like, line of bartenders. I couldn't-
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was bothering me, because th- there's another thing about this movie, and I think it's, you know, Cameron Crowe, he's, he's quite the uh, well-known guy, but this movie has a fuckload of famous people in it. It like, does. Not even just, like, the- the main characters, like just every single person.
0: There's
1: like, Oh look, Johnny Galecki's walking through for some reason. Yeah.
0: I do think like the, he had heat at this time because this was coming off of almost famous, which was a movie that I, oh is this the
1: follow up? Okay.
0: Yeah. Which is a movie that didn't really do it for me. And I largely chalked it up to being like, I don't care about this era or this kind of music. I found some of the like mm. schmaltzy stuff to be like with Penny Lane to be just ridiculous, but I haven't seen it in 20 years. Schmaltz I don't know. Guy? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, the Michael Shannon jump scare at the beginning, but like, he's just, he's just starting out, you know, he plays the cop in yes. the, uh, but like he's just starting out. And then yeah, Tilda Swinton showing up. I know like she'd been around a little bit, but not, you know, she's not the Tilda Swinton we know now, but yeah, yeah a lot of, crazy. lot of, a lot of big names that just sort of pop in at different times. And some of which uh, are just I like don't... dumb cameos, like Steven Spielberg.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Steven, which I, I did find that uh, amusing. Apparently uh, Tommy Lee is in this as frozen vintage car man. OK, the guy from tech support looks like if uh, if chat GPT was asked to uh, create Nick Cave, <laughs> it's just it's it's like, are you? No, I mean, you're probably I bet you're the keyboardist in Nick cave in the bad Seeds or the birthday party.
0: <laughs> well, funnily enough, we just watched them together not that long ago. Edge of Tomorrow. He's in that as well. He's one of the guys that like figured out the going back in time business.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He is. Noah
0: Taylor. He doesn't
1: look nearly uh, Nick Cave like in that one. Right. Yeah. Speaking. Of, oh, speaking of things that we covered on the show before, uh, New York based movie with Tom Cruise wearing a freaky mask.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I do remember. At, like, there's the, this film opens and there's there was such a hullabaloo about this. I remember because this was this is also not long after. I mean this this came out in December of two thousand one, so I think they shot it ahead of time. But there was a whole big thing about how they shut down Times Square. Because the movie yeah. opens with Tom Cruise like driving around and like New York is completely empty, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's an amazing thing." And you know I mean, what's ironic yeah. about that? It's, is they cut the
1: uh, Times Square uh, when they had it shut down. They had to do it on a Sunday, and the the way they did it was they weird enough they called in a terrorist threat that planes were about to fly into the center of Times Square. And then while well, everybody was gone, they they shot it. I and mean, then they didn't know yet because it was, I mean, they filmed in like, you know, 2000. So, well, that, ooh, I mean, that makes know, sense happen.
0: because, yeah, I mean, Osama loves Entertainment Tonight. And he probably, he probably saw that and went, I, I'm going to do what Tom Cruise does. I mean, if you look at his history, most of what he does is is modeled off of Tom Cruise. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean I think we've consistently proven that Tom
0: Cruise is responsible for nine eleven. Yeah, without a doubt. Like no question. Just do do your research. Um it also makes me laugh because Phantasm Four did that with like no money, but that was in LA. They just went out on Thanksgiving and <laughs> shot on like a main intersection at like six thirty in the morning because no one cared.
1: The fucking uh New York without people is really disturbing. I don't like it. Uh I was there I mean, I've been to New York a million times. I grew up I I grew up outside of New York. But um, We were in, I'm just going to say Greenwich Village, whatever, like not, you know, not not fucking uh, Times Square, but like, you know, very, very densely populated. And uh, me and my friend were walking back to the path station that goes back, goes back under the river to go to New Jersey. And we walked down this one block and maybe like two full New York blocks, which New York blocks are long as fuck. We didn't see another person or a car drive by. And like midway through, we're both there. like, we didn't say anything, but like, you could see that we're both getting like a little creeped out of like, <laughs> what the it, did something go mm-hmm. wrong? Like we feel like someone's going to follow us. But like, it was just like a weird, you know, just timing wise, it probably happens a lot to people that live there, but like, I'd never been on a street in New York where something wasn't moving. And like,
0: yeah. I don't
1: like this.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely strange. I mean, I, I've been in New York a couple of times when I was, you know, just turning double digits. So I really don't remember much about it, but. It is, they it, they did, that is quite the feat to shut that all down and they probably ruined a lot of people's day. Like good New Yorkers. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, he has this this uh, this dream where, yeah, New York is empty and like there's a there's a voice over him talking to a voice and it took me, this is why Kurt Russell is great because every time he does a narration in something, I always, or like oh, I yeah. hear his voice, it always yeah. takes me a long time to, I'm like, I know that voice, yeah. who is that? And it's, because like in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, same thing where I'm like, wait a minute, I know that voice, who is that voice? And then, but uh, he's he's great in this and a pretty worthless role, but I still like him in it.
1: You know who's great in this and a worthless role? Uh, famed skateboarder and Scientologist Jason Lee.
0: Jason Lee should have been the main character. Jason Lee fits Jason the main Lee character would have been so much better. Uh, because yeah, Jason Absolutely. Jason Absolutely. Lee is is a buddy of Tom Cruise's. Well, we we find out like, so he has this this dream thing. And we hear uh, a voice say, "Open your eyes." Oh, he wakes up. It's his it's his alarm clock. He wakes up with Julie. So it's in
1: Spanish in the beginning, too. It's Spanish in the beginning, and then I it changes. I didn't know this was a remake of a Spanish movie. Yeah. And, I'm like, why the fuck did it just say it in Spanish? And then, like, Penelope Cruz shows up, and I'm like, is it because it's played by, like, an actress that speaks Spanish naturally? Like, I don't I know. Think, like what the fuck I think happen? it was an
0: attempt to – because that's, again, how the, the original opens. And I think it was an attempt to, like, muddy the water. Like, is this all a dream, maybe? Um, yeah, yeah. Which is why we chose this, by the way. If if you haven't been following along, uh, we we've been doing a series of movies that are largely based on dreams. I say based on like they someone dreamed them up, but being in a dream state has a lot to do with the plot. But um, yeah, so it's it's a voice recording on his alarm from Julie Gianni, played by Cameron Diaz, his uh, basically his fuck buddy, and they have a whole exchange about how hey. He's got to get up and go to his important job at a magazine place. And she's like, oh, well, I skipped the audition and we had tons of sex and it was great. Don't record messages on my alarm clock because it makes me feel like we're married. Oh, and uh, then he goes out his his day.
1: This is where like that, that exchange right there is where they should have hired a human and not Tom Cruise, like someone that has felt emotions and, and reacts to them and, you know, has, has depth, but however they, they hired him and he, and he's like, Hey, I'm handsome and have a big smile. And he did it well, but imagine if there was chemistry there, like imagine if there was yeah. like anything.
0: Oh boy. Yeah. Or like, and again, I don't want to spend the whole time just going like, well, in the original, in the original, the same thing happens. It's, but it's just like this woman he's just had sex with. And it's, the whole thing is that he's this playboy. and He doesn't share his bed more than, more than once. But he's like, don't record more messages on my shoes. Like, why? And it cuts to him get, like getting in those cards, like, because it's fucking annoying. That just it's like, I'm just I can't oh, even deal good. with you. Versus like, oh, let's lay out the contours of our relationship in this very there's so much like clumsy exposition in this and like character motivation just said out loud that that drove me crazy. Particularly when you get like his whole dump about his life, um, about like how his dad was this rich, uh, like, magazine guy. Like, he never watched TV, but his number one magazine was TV Guide. Or it's not called TV Guide, but it's, you know, TV Digest or something. And boys, this uncaring was dad. Well, and well whatever. It's, just, it's this attempt to, to give his character some depth. But it's also, like, a desperate attempt for you to feel bad for him. Because he's a piece of shit. But, like, lots of movies and TV are made about pieces of shit. But they're interesting. Like, you know... Tony Soprano, Alexander DeLarch, Clockwork Orange. Don't ever want to hang out with that guy, but he was interesting. Tom Cruise is not interesting. He's just the spoiled little rich boy.
1: I let's. So this is my main point of concern or my main demerit to this movie, which I did enjoy thoroughly. Is, and it all goes back to Tom Cruise being miscast. Is Was he supposed to be a piece of shit? Because it seems like he treats his people really well. He hooked that lawyer up. hes He seems to have like a, a... I mean, he seems like a bro. He doesn't seem like a piece of shit. He's actually treating julia reasonably well like he's stating his expression with her is like this is not a relationship like he's got clear boundaries being set so it's like i almost would want to to do a patrick bateman play it with sleaze or something or play it as the nice guy, but this like to be taken from this. Am I supposed to think he's an asshole, or am I supposed to think he's actually just a really nice guy that happens to be super rich? And well,
0: that's that's part of my problem with getting in getting into the ending. I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit. Is that if his whole thing is like, oh, well, I never had an actual life. You clearly did. You clearly did because you are with people that you cared about. You you helped this this lawyer guy. You like made it seem like you had actual friends, whereas in the in in the original. No, he's just like a piece of shit playboy guy who's just moving from person to person, whatever. And there's nothing else to him. So that decision makes a little bit more sense where it's this. It's like, no, you were fine. Like, uh, you know, not, not you were fine, but you know what I mean? Like you're making it sound like there, that there was nothing in your life when it apparently there was, because if you were this nice enough guy that this dude was willing to put it all on the line for you and and save your company and uh, like Steven Spielberg is saying something to you, you know what I mean? Like, I understand that like empty hollow relationships like that, but they made it a whole point to be like that he was this friendly, likable guy and everyone was getting to know him and all this stuff. Whereas, yeah, they make it in the end. It's like, oh boy, but I've just been living this phony baloney existence. It's like, have you? It just, it just hollows out that whole thing. And I, and I don't necessarily need necessarily mean it to, that it, that he needs to be this mustache twirly asshole or something, but it's, it just, I think that lessens that the, the message is, is like, yeah, life is, is full of ups and downs. And it seems like he was ex- experiencing that before. So I don't know. I think I think that 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 made that choice at the end kind of dumb. Uh,
1: yeah, and also the like, or at uh, least his
0: reason for it, kind of dumb.
1: Yeah, I would say the reason for it because I I like the end, but yeah, and again, it just goes back to Tom Cruise and and the character, but a lot of just Tom Cruise because I just I keep imagining somebody with depth. And it just—he yeah. doesn't have it here. But um, what he's, what his big sin is in this movie is having consensual relations with a woman that he's got defined boundaries with, and then she drives him off a bridge. Like mm-hmm. there's no—that's not comeuppance. That's not oh, I was living like the, the, this this hedonistic horrific life. It was well defined boundaries with a consenting adult. It's it. I don't right. know. Oh, it just it Where that just makes zero sense for like the character for the story. It's just this.
0: It, yeah, I I, I that. well, weird. and the fact that that Jason Lee is is allegedly his his best friend and even even makes a comment about how like you own me because you're paying for me to write this book. Like you're basically funding me for this book. So I can't be mad at you about stuff, even though you're sleeping with Julie Gianni, who's my dream girl. And then later he steals uh, Sophia steals Penelope Cruz from him because he takes her. Jason Lee shows up with Penelope Cruz to his birthday party and he steals her away. And like, this is apparently how he treats his best friend. And so by having, by getting like uh, uh, Julie a little bit more of this depth and then, then rather just be this 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 archetype and, and even have him explain that a bit more. Yeah, like lessons that thing where in, in the original he is this piece of shit who just like, yeah, he just hops from bed to bed and he'll screw over his best friend to, to steal the girl. So when he learns, when he learns at the end about, you know, hey, maybe don't be a piece of shit. You you already tried to make him too nice. Uh and I think some of it's just I can't buy Tom Cruise as that role. So I, th- I honestly Tom Cruise Tom
1: Cruise plus a seven minute edit would be great. Um here's one thing with Jason Lee though, I just really quick, only John thinks of women as objects that can be stolen. I, I believe that they have, you know, choice in matters and are fully mm-hmm. sentient human beings, un- yeah. unlike that uh unlike that uh patriarchal piece of shit that I happen to share a show with. Uh-huh. But I don't think you can steal a woman. But that's a point where uh and your point's well met. Uh, I just wanted to be rude. Mm -hmm. He's like, you met her a few hours ago. She, eye fucks him for like the second they walk in. Like this isn't like, he didn't sleazily steal her. Right. I'm not arguing with you. Like I just, I'm arguing with the movie where it's like, that would make sense if he's a shitty guy and sleazes his way in. And then it turns out, oh no, I actually fell for him. Mm -hmm. Like no, they have an organic, you know, like falling in love moment instead of, so it's like the character, there's no character to latch onto for Tom
0: Cruise. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he uh, like when you learn about him at his birthday party, he also he's got all this cool stuff. He's got a hologram of Coltrane playing the saxophone and he's got a Pete Townsend shattered guitar under glass. And I think he's trying to make some kind of comment about like, you know, Tom Cruise lives his empty life of like these these signifiers of rock and roll and the stuff. but He doesn't really feel it, which is so irritating because it's Cameron Crowe. But I'll get into that at the at the end.
1: Yeah. See, I don't bring a lot of Cameron Crow baggage, so that didn't bother me too much. Uh
0: it's it it bothers me with it, it wouldn't bother me so much if it wasn't like part of the whole like movie to show like his empty life. Um that that like yeah. he, he filled in his empty lights with pop signifiers because that's all you do, Cameron Crow, is that you bring up pot, you want to make mixtapes, but you somehow wished on a on a monkey's paw and you got stuck making movies. And well, let me let ugh. me stop
1: you there for a second. Importantly, a lot of my joy that I took from this movie is a lot of the soundtrack is what I listened to in high school and early college. I mean, there's fucking Ciarra Ross, the spiritualized. There's there's Radiohead. Right. There's so much
0: good shit on the soundtrack that I was like, ah, you know, I'm kind of loving this '90s thing happening right now. <laughs> but that's but that's part of my beef with it too, though, is because he can't just let shit happen. He's got to have a soundtrack to it. And so he's bringing forth all these songs that a lot of people, particularly like of that era, might have emotional attachment to, and bring stuff to. And so, if your argument is that he's just filling in gaps in his own life with pop culture stuff, you're reinforcing that with this. Like you're gotcha. you're you're reinforcing the flaws in your movie with pop culture stuff to try to fill in those gaps of actual. Emotion. I wouldn't.
1: I, the only my only disagreement with that is that he's not using like super poppy songs. You know, spiritualized isn't exactly pop you know it's not hold me closer tiny dancer like from, right. from his previous right film. and i don't you know, mean i mean it's
0: you know. and i don't mean to like knock the concept of music drops in general obviously you know no, no, totally yeah who you knows yeah. them like the um, panels does them really well but i just think some of them here are very cloying and very obvious and really irritating
1: on the uh coincidences in this movie this has nothing to do with the actual film but i just found it weird penelope cruz and tom cruise cameron diaz Cameron Crowe, mm-hmm. and then there's a still frame of Katie Holmes in this movie, which Tom Cruise later ends up, or who Tom Cruise ended up later marrying. Mm-hmm. There's like weird. I don't know. Like this movie's almost this like synergy. I'm not trying to do yeah. the thing, but it's like it's almost kind of dreamlike. And it's like everybody's kind of got the same name. This dude's like multiple wives are showing up. Oh wait, sorry. I d- I know I brought it up before, but Eyes Wide Shut was '99. That's weird. So we, eyes wide shot in this movie is open your eyes also with a faceless man. Like I was just mm-hmm. during the mask comparison, but I also realized, oh yeah, there's like whole opening your eyes, closing your eyes thing.
0: Yeah. Huh. Eyes wide. And hey, man,
1: what if we're actually asleep right now and this is all I, part of our dream and that's why everything's all weird. Hey, John, you I hope I can wake up and forget
0: it. Yeah. This movie is very, it feels inspired by the matrix in, in several ways. I mean, even, even though the original, you know, is, was, was not there's still there, there's definitely matrixy elements in this. Um, Anyway, he he takes a break from his party, goes to David uh, Ames. Tom Cruise takes a break from his party, goes to his bedroom and Cameron Diaz is there. Well, he didn't invite her, but she showed up anyway. And she she wants to have sex because she likes him. And he's really creeped out that she's right there. So he he kind of
1: didn't didn't make sense to me. And I'm not trying to be like lascivious here, but like, right. It's an incredibly attractive woman. You're supposed to be like a bit of a playboy and it's. You've got a big ass house. It's obvious she can get in your house. Like it's not. It's not like you snuck into a suburban two story. Like this is the Dakota. Like you're a famous man, and she's smoking hot. Of course, she can get into your party. Right.
0: This is not a weird thing. Well, it's also, but it's it's also like this is again. You're like in your in your mid thirties or something like that. This seems much more like a like young party kind of vibe, where it's like I'm in a relationship okay. with it yeah. with an unstable person, and like. They're showing up, whereas, and I'm not saying like that, that status or, or money prevents this, but like, she's an actress, like apparently like successful enough that her agent, you know, like she, she doesn't feel bad about missing roles to, to be with this guy or whatever. It's recorded a CD. We find out later something like that. It just felt like, because she's a person that has depth, this just felt a little stranger rather than just being like an architect. Like I said, like just an archetype of this femme fatale or whatever. Like, I don't know. It just, it just made it much more pathetic and sad. Uh, you know, it's uh, interesting about her, I realized, while watching this movie,
1: and uh, you know how we've discussed on the show how my mental state is disintegrating quickly, is mm-hmm. I realize that I don't know the difference between Cameron Diaz and Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: One is uh, much less of a terrible human being than the other one. Which one? Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz doesn't is have, a, a, is, is a, have a horrible wellness empire that traffics in oh, okay. bullshit. So, so Gwyneth Paltrow is goop. Gwyneth Paltrow is goop. Yeah.
1: And Cameron Diaz is from The Mask?
0: Yes. So Tom Cruise at the party, uh, he's like, well, whatever, you're here, come down. She comes down to the party, but then Tom Cruise like goes over to, to Penelope Cruz and is like, oh, you got to help me. This this crazy person has stalked me, so pretend like you like me. Ha ha ha, isn't that charming? And-
1: now imagine
0: somebody charming
1: doing oh, Yeah, it's so oh, I they, wish they had chemistry because I would have loved that scene.
0: They they hit it off and there's I mean like some of the some of the dialogue's really bad. Um I I didn't I didn't take specific notes about it, but some of the the I don't know, I just really hate it. But uh they end up leaving at a certain point and going back to her place. This is where and I remembered when it happened, I'm like, oh, this is what the, the two things that happened in this moment like completely jettisoned me from the movie. One of them is there's a thing where like they're 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 just talking. They're just at her place talking. She's a Tom Cruise finds out she's a dancer in the original one. She's a mime, which is really funny. But oh, that's awesome. like there's a scene of her like in, in face paint, like at the the park, like just busking. I don't remember whose idea it is, but some but one of like let's let's draw each other, but draw only their faults. And which she turns hers around. It's a fucking like boardwalk caricature. It was just I ridiculous. I, just, like, I loved it. I, it's so stupid. I and, loved it. <laughs> Like, it's one thing to be like, oh my God. And then you're an artist as well, because that's not commented upon. It's more just this like, oh, you've done this like character. Cause then his is this very beautiful portrait. He didn't get much done, but it's all very detailed and pretty. And oh my gosh. But yeah, it was just this ridiculous. Yeah. Boardwalk character of him with, with giant teeth and holding a bunch of money. Cause that's how she sees him. But then, um, and I don't remember which, which happens first, but there's a part where, uh, She's like, do you want to listen to Jeff Buckley or some other obscure artist? He's like, oh, my God, both at once. And that I was not too far away from it at the time. But because um, this is 2001. So when I was in high school, I helped some friends uh, in in their German class. They would have to make these like little videos of like little playlists involving to show their German skill. And we I, I helped them out with one and it was all really stupid. And there's a part where we're driving somewhere. We're all in the KMFDM at the time. And we're driving and we're listening to KMFDM and they like hold up the CD so everyone can see that we know like, hey, this is what we're listening to and it's cool. So are you guys impressed oh, yeah. by how cool we are? And that's just what it felt like. And I, fuck you, Cameron Crow It's like in Moonrise Kingdom when Wesley, Wesley, Wes Anderson, uh, like the, the little girl is like, oh, here's this obscure French artist that my aunt sent me. Let's listen to this. Oh, isn't this pretty cool? Oh, it's just like, it made me so mad. It's just this, this. You want me to think you're cool so bad.
1: Yeah, I I I think you're carrying a lot of Cameron Crow baggage there. Like it just I mean it they're sucks. just they're they're young
0: arty people in New York and she listens yeah, to but like someone And he's, it's not even like Jeff Buckley's all that obscure. It, I mean again, if you're from the Midwest, yes he is. But it's 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 just that it's just like it could have been even like a level above that or whatever. Like it's it's not relatable. It's a way to let us know that Cameron Crow is in the music you guys. And it just it really just stuck out like, a I, like it, it I, Doesn't He doesn't do it in this artful way that I that I would argue that Tarantino does in the same way, yeah. but like works in or it feels more natural to characters because this is already a guy that doesn't give a shit about stuff. And so also we're like, oh no, he's actually really into this this deep music. Well, then what the fuck does that say about the music if this asshole likes it and has done nothing for his it's life? It's not, I, I mean, all
1: right. Okay, a couple things. One, a lot of this is you not liking camera Crowe. That scene I thought the point was she listens to already stuff and that's why he says play them both at the same time right cuz he didn't know how to answer and he doesn't know anything about
0: hip young music See okay that's a that's a fair read I did not take it as that because like that because they Cause they're, what, they're what already would presenting both the him? same time Cuz he's already presented like he's got a big Jules and Jim poster in his room Do you know what Jules and Jim is Your euphemism for your testicles See exactly like that is that's a a French new wave movie That like, yeah, if you know anything about film, that's not that obscure, but he did it to let you know, like, no, no, it's Jules and Jim, right? I know what's up. And so it's this, it's, it's, I Mm -hmm. I don't want to use the word virtue, the term virtue signaling, but it's, it's that it's this like, hey, I chose the movie, the stuff that I think is cool. So you guys know that I'm down.
1: No, I, I, yeah, I get it. I just, I don't bring that, like, I, I don't, that doesn't bother me about Wes Anderson either, which I know that bothers other people, which is like, yeah, this is a cool song. I like it. I like that it's in this
0: scene. There <laughs> are ways to do it, but when it's presented like, hey, look what I'm showing you, then I don't like it.
1: Yeah. Also, um, let's be, clear. here's something, there's a white elephant in the room that we need to discuss about this movie is uh as as that's the audience at home, I may have mentioned once or every episode that we've ever done that I'm an incredibly lonely man and desperately need a relationship
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the the ease at which this relationship happens, although most of it happens in cryogenic sleep i'd I'd still take it um that they just kind of meet and instantaneously fall in love and she's like a mm-hmm. bohemian weird art lady with like a beautiful smile. It's all I want in the world to the point that yeah, I might be a little bit thrown because it's just just it's wish fulfillment uh-huh. that because I I have I have equal chemistry with Penelope Cruz as does Tom Cruise <laughs> and I feel like this wish fulfillment of it. But like yeah this is a movie that kind of goes directly to my like oh weird alternate like uh liminal spaces, like the peripheral of reality and not knowing where you are. Mm-hmm. Also beautiful people and being beautiful in right. New York. It's kind of right down my street that it's a little hard. It's same as Wes Anderson. We're just like, Oh, like genius suffering people set in New York and Junko Houston said it. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to hate that movie. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but so yeah, they, they hit it off and they, they, they end up spending all night together, but like hanging out and talking, she falls asleep. Like they're watching a a TV program about cryogenically freezing a dog. And then he leaves, like, we're going to hang out again. He leaves and who pulls up skirt. It's Julie Gianni. She's been following him and like kind of confronts him about how, you know, you've been hanging out with uh, this. I I forget what she, she calls her a a moth or a a butterfly or something, whatever. Yeah. Moth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, She's like, get, get, you know, Come on, let's let's let me take you somewhere. Let's let's go hang out. Tom Cruise gets in the car with her, and um, she starts giving this big desperate speech about how, you know, do you our bodies made a promise to each other, and like I swallowed your cum, so we're meant to be together, which is a very upsetting line. Which no no no, but
1: let's just let's just stop there for a second.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I how feel did I like guess that is that a you were going experience. To be- <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just going to say this right now. I swallow your cum and you make me, you you make me come four times, four times, John. That mm-hmm. means something. That I mean love something. this scene. Yeah. It's, she plays this batshit so perfect. And I don't even really like her as an actress all that
0: much, but like, she is so good right no, here. No, I did. I do. I do like her. And then, so she ends up um, in, in a fit of jealousy, like driving her car off of a bridge over another road, like just crashes her car. We learn that she, she dies, but David is alive, but disfigured. Doctors are like, like, well, we've done a bunch of surgeries to you, but we can only make you look like this. And this is just I don't blame anyone else for this other than like Tom Cruise in Hollywood, I guess. Because, again, in the original, like his face is fucked up. He is unrecognizable. Tom Cruise looks like he has Bell's palsy and fell down. Yeah, no, we, Tom Cruise.
1: Tom Cruise looks like he put on a little bit of weight and he's got a couple scars. Like, yeah, yeah he doesn't look as good, but man, he's totally he's still fine. Tom
0: Cruise. Like, and so it just feels like, <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah. well, we're not going to fuck up my face that much, right? Because people want to see Tommy Boy, right? Come on, yeah, um, exactly. So, but yeah, so his face is is messed up, and the doctors give him this prosthetic mask to wear, and he gets all depressed and sad because this has ruined his life, even though nothing else has changed um about about like his his financial stuff is fine there's they they try to like set up that there there there's tumult with this board of directors but it doesn't really go anywhere but that he's he's internally breaking down because his party board lifestyle is 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 put on on hold and he tries to reconnect with sophia when he goes to the to the club to see I don't, does he oh no no that's i'm getting confused about what's real and what's not but so, so the, the,
1: the, the reality of the situation, there's a spot that it says that there's a splice point, whatever, the end of the movie, it's revealed that he's in a cryogenic freezing chamber. This is all like a VR sim. The, well, the, the sim, the guy that kind of looks like Nick Cave. Right. says the splice point where like memory and the, and the, and the lucid dream take over is at the end of the night where after they go to the club together and he mm-hmm. passes out on the street in front of her apartment.
0: Right cuz he comes on he comes on really strong and is very pathetic about it woe is me and she feels kind of uncomfortable cuz they only just hi- hung out that one time and yeah they clicked but like it's weird you you're feeling this love that maybe is not exactly there and then he's like what is it you know basically just cuz of my face and I'm worthless whatever he's had a lot to drink and then yeah he passes out on the street and we found out later yeah this that's the splice point but then he wakes up the next day and Sophia is there oh hey It's going to be okay, buddy. And let's get you a cup of coffee. And they get up and walk away. Doctors are like, hey, guess what? We found a way to fix your face. he's like, oh, great. So his face is totally back to normal. But then he starts having like these weird flashbacks to his face being fucked up. He starts like seeing Cameron Diaz places. There's a part where he's at a bar and a weird looking Nick Cave guy shows up, tells him that, you know, you need to be in control of this. This is a revolution in your mind. You need to, like, be confident in what you want. And he's like, what I want is everyone to shut up. And the bar goes quiet. Oh, my God, what's going on? Then later he and he goes and has sex with Sophia, with Penelope Cruz. And she turns into Cameron Diaz and he freaks out and ends up uh, murdering her, suffocating her with a pillow.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're skipping a bunch. But yeah, that's um, the the thing that struck me this time. And I don't know how many I missed because I'm not a I'm not an expert music guy. Mm-hmm. especially like the kind of iconography that that uh that uh Cameron Crowe knows. But I did pick up on that one part where I think it's when they wake up in the alley that it's that that old Tom uh, that old uh Bob Dylan cover. Yeah,
0: well cuz yeah, they're going walking by kind of, a bunch of old cars and yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh shit, that's it like, cuz I had that album in high school and I'm like, oh, I wonder how many of those are hidden in here cuz it seems like one of those movies that if you're like a like a music nerd mm-hmm. and like rewatching movies, there's probably all sorts of hidden easter eggy shit. Yeah.
0: Uh, just uh, so many empty signifiers in there. It's great, but so we we found that yeah, that David is in jail, and there's been a lot of flashbacking in in, in d- to this. But yeah, he's in jail talking to Kurt Russell. Uh, they're trying to get get some information from him, and and eventually you find out, skipping ahead, that th- this this cryogenic stuff they've been seeing on TV that David went and did that. It's so this stuff called life extension, and um, he's like David, kind of remembers it's like oh. Yeah, I did that. So he they they give him temporary release. I guess he and the, and Kurt Russell and Michael. Oh wait, wait, Shannon. sorry, wait, wait. hold hold that point. They
1: just one of the dumbest things in history happened that we. I don't want to skip over because it's so small. But there's a plot point where uh, Kurt Russell's like, "Well, you're calling out Ellie in your sleep last night."
0: yeah and
1: in my head i'm just like oh great fucking you know the last of us you know oh totally fine but the fact <laughs> that it's l but l uh-huh. e life extension that that's a fucking plot point that in his dreams yeah. in his dreams within the dream he's calling yeah. out the the female name ellie it's like sorry continue your point
0: i just i needed to point out how dumb that was but so yeah he go- he goes to the life extension place with Kurt Russell and apparently and Michael Shannon who is apparently the only cop on the police force uh, because he joins well, them. Well, it's an empty New York. Yeah, there's only I one guess that's cop. That's true. Yeah. I guess yeah. I, oh, it's probably the Phantom Zone. I just figured it oh, out. Oh, that makes way more sense. That's that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Zod <laughs> gets transferred to the Phantom Zone and exactly. gets a job as a yeah. cop. That makes sense for Zod actually. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. But uh turns out that uh, uh oh Tilda Swinton works there. Actually, it's Alicia Witt as the receptionist and then Tilda Swinton, which I thought was like this is a weird point. I'm probably going to cut that. But like two red-haired people I thought was a, was an odd choice. Like you're trying to say something. Well,
1: all right. So let's, or let's it, or get into Alex Land for a second. Uh-huh. Who else do we know that died at 33 and was then re-raised up? Um, That's right. The big man. Oh. JC. Mm-hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's right. No, but but Jesus Christ dies at 33 they 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 hung a hat on him being dead at 33. Uh-huh. And they've got two red-haired kind of uh, seductresses in the office. And it's like, did you sign a contract with these people? Did you sign a contract with these? Uh-huh. We're just like, yeah, we get it. They're supposed to be like the devil. But uh, I think that's why there's the two red-haired people. Like, uh-huh. I think it was supposed to be, because as we all know, uh, Irish are evil.
0: Right. And yeah, and definitely this character is, is just like Jesus. But... And he finds out like they they should. Well, I mean, he's personality personalityless. He's hard to understand.
1: Uh, died at thirty three. Yeah, that's, uh, that's part all I of need. a dumbass cult. <laughs> uh,
0: I think Jesus preached about thetons. Uh, yes, he did. If you were listening between the words, it's the Thetans he's not talking about. But um, yeah, the miracle—the miracle of the seven loaves is actually an atom bomb blew up one of the loaves of bread, <laughs> and individual <laughs> chunks of bread are now in all of our souls. Oh, no. I was feeling yeasty. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Tillis Swinton like makes them watch this video about oh yeah Ellie it'll it'll do this this you can be cryogenically frozen and then it will um, you'll be given a lucid dream as part of the experience and and uh, a weirdo Nick Cave is in the the thing and he remembers I think I think weirdo Nick Cave said this when they were talking in the um, in the bar something that basically like Tom Cruise escapes from everyone and starts yelling out tech support and that guy shows up. And I was like, yeah, guess what? Um, you've, you, you died. Dude, you're getting a Dell. You're getting a <laughs> Dell. You died. It's 150 years later. This company has been bought by some, I like the little touch about how the company is owned by someone else now. We're no longer life extension. Oh yeah, yeah that was fun. Advanced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we totally have the technology to save your face and, and that's fine. And um, you're actually not disfigured at all. This is all just a dream. And you selected this dream and your splice point was when you fell asleep outside on the street but then you live this like full life where you got control back of the company. it was fine. But you had these headaches. This is this is a thing they added from the original is that he has these headaches that the, the car crash was giving him. Whereas the first one is just, no, he's just physically deformed. Which is like, nobody, nope, I got this physical pain too. So isn't that worse too? Which I think again, kind of like dilutes the whole point of it. Cause like, yeah, having like crippling headaches would be awful. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but he ends up, yeah committing like taking a bunch of pills and committing suicide uh and freezing himself and living this this life that's been filled in largely with movies and it's like oh well that's Kurt Russell is fake and he's there because you like to kill a mockingbird and you wanted a strong father figure that was oh, such that, that was such yeah. a like a weak draw right there like the 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 movie cover and the relationship like okay fine like or the the Bob Dylan cover in the, the relationship like has a has something there, but just like, yep, that's the only father figure, caring father figure that's ever been in movies is to kill a Mockingbird. He couldn't have like pulled that from anyone else, any other relationship in his life. No, it came from this movie. And yeah, I mean, we should probably should have picked up
1: on it when his lawyer's name was Boo Radley. <laughs> yes,
0: it's Boo By the way, his
1: lawyer, uh, Harry Potter alum.
0: That's right. Yeah, Rat. rat just guy. I need
1: to point it out because, yep. you know, we're we're big. Uh, we're big <laughs> J.K. Rowling supporters on this show. Are we? <laughs>
0: What's this weeb? Oh yes, yeah. no.
1: I mean, I I don't like her writing. No. Yeah, you like her writing. I
0: support her hateful beliefs. Right? Is that what this yeah, is going? Yeah. Actually, I was going to take the bullet this time. Ah, fuck! I got my own way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. But again, like, so it's this whole thing where it's like, well, he's. It turns out his whole dream is kind of empty. There. With I mean, we're already running along with this with this whole thing, but um, like, there's this this weird frill of him. He keeps saying how he's a pleasure delayer, which has not mm-hmm. tr- it's not true at all in the movie. Uh, it doesn't seem like. Seems like he kind of just takes what he wants. And oh
1: no 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 you 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 fucking miss a major point in this movie. I, that's why he was shot at like three fourths. you are only showing his top top of his body. Tom Cruise and method acting is edging in every scene. Oh.
0: He oh, is three
1: strokes away from coming in every single scene. Mm, that's that intensity. So the whole pleasure delay thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really, really accurate. Oh, yeah, Man,
0: you know, they couldn't let you do that today. Damn woke America. There's,
1: there's a cut scene where he's on the highway. He's on the uh, subway and uh, he starts just doing frottage. He's just rubbing it up against random people. <laughs> and, then, and then when they get upset, he goes, I'm very rich.
0: And it's totally <laughs> it's, fine. It's
1: fine. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm, not, I'm not begging you for change. So don't worry about it. But yeah, just that idea of like, I, I found it kind of insulting the whole, just the idea that like, that I, I feel like, and maybe maybe my interpretation is wrong here, but I feel like the movie is saying like, yeah, you just filled in any human connection with pop culture stuff. And while I think that that is a valid criticism, because it's sort of the same thing of like, well, liking Disney movies is my personality. You know, like that that is a, definitely a thing that happens. But I think Cameron Crowe is the 100% wrong person to deliver that yeah. message. Um, and so it just, it just felt galling that you like, you are telling me this. It, it also like, yeah, as I kind of referenced before, like, I think is also like defeating of the idea of, of sort of like art as this, this, um, transformative thing in general. Cause it's like, well, he's bad because he has, you know, Pete Townsend's guitar and glass and that's not really appreciating rock and roll, but it's like, well, he's consumed all the same media that you have apparently because he's got jewels and Jim and all this that he knows the cool bands or whatever. Oh, okay. What does that say yeah. about the transformative power of those things? It it just, I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it presented a bunch of different um, contradictions. I felt that, that it really ruins the power of what the scene is supposed to be. Cause the whole thing is that he's supposed to be, he, he finds out that, yeah, his whole like relationship with Penelope Cruz before he decided to fake kill her or kill the imaginary her or whatever was like good and beautiful. She's long dead now because it's 150 years later and he's given the choice. Do you, continue on in this dream world? Or do you wake up and experience as Jason Lee has told him throughout the movie, like the sour with the sweet, because like, you'll be back, but the world's changed and your finances may not last long. Uh, But he's like, ah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of this dream world. Nuts to that. But one thing I, and this is uh, is what I was referencing earlier. One thing I find really, again, very galling about it. And you could argue whether or not this is from his point of view, because when weird Nick, uh, Nick cave is telling him about like what happened in his life like because he doesn't remember he they yeah they they pick him up post uh, the
1: splice point
0: post splice like no idea is that jason lee had a three-day wake for him basically a three-day like remembrance and you see a shot of penelope cruz like walking in like looking like really sad and like very teary-eyed and like i can't fully come in i'm just gonna look around a little bit and remember and then walk away but like, I can never really experience happiness because we weren't together, which I thought was a, kind of a cheat.
1: So I'm going to tell you a small anecdote. I'm going to leave names out of this. I, uh, f- 17 years ago, mm-hmm. was at a bar and I was playing Jenga with this girl at the bar and we got along so fucking well. It was like immediate instantaneous thing. Um, and I ended up going home and not getting her number through 100% fault of my own. That's mm-hmm. not the point of the story. The point of the story is that 17 years later, I still fucking think about that. So I True. totally get it. Like that one night where we it's just like, ah, fuck me. Oh, what a. And to be fair, the connection wasn't nearly as strong as they were trying to make it out of this movie. But I totally like, I'm picturing that of like, no. yep, got that. Like totally see the rest of my life. I keep thinking back of,
0: uh, oh yeah, that guy that died in that car wreck like two days later. Fuck, he was cool. <laughs> I do totally get that. But my thing is that, that leaves out the middle scene where she's really creeped out by him, and he's very upsetting. You didn't have that moment. You didn't like meet her again later and totally be a dick. Why well, skip
1: over that part? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see, sk-
0: so. yeah it, it got it got real weird. And it, but it's also just I don't know, Cameron or, or uh, yeah, Cameron Crowe has Robert. has a kind of a thing for. Uh, manic pixie dream girls. In fact, his, his, I don't know what was exactly his next movie, but Elizabeth town, he got just reamed for that. Cause Kristen Dunst's character in that movie is just a manic, yeah. manic pixie dream girl. And so it just feels like that again. In this is that you've, you've just, you, you, you made it, what could be like his point of view. And if you want to argue that that's him, like imagining that happening. Okay. But it doesn't seem like the right time for that to happen. It seems like a weird choice there. Uh, whatever. I just thought it was dumb, but yeah, he ends up jumping off a building. Because that's that's the choice he he made for himself. When he got frozen, they're like, well, if you ever want to wake up, you have to jump off a building because he has this fear of heights. It uh, does not matter. Like, they made a big point of that uh, several times, and I really kind of felt empty. It's not like, oh, most people would just jump off a building, no problem. No one needed to establish that he had a fear of heights. And his dad could never get over his fear of heights. Like, that's a sentence that makes sense. He's a he's a magnate, like he's a magazine guy, not a not a fucking jet fighter pilot. Makes more sense for Maverick let me, to have that issue. Let me uh,
1: let me just re reframe this this ending to make you understand why I love it. It is a movie about love that never happened, that could have mm-hmm. blossomed, that showed up uh, out of nowhere. It was just just like a like a lightning strike from the heavens, love, and then you think about it forever. You go a little insane. Everything's really trippy. There's 90s music. And then at the end, you have permission to kill yourself. John, this is no, like, I, fucking. I, this, I, I oh get boy, it. this has hit me on every fucking point. But <laughs> he doesn't. He goes back to life. That's what the kill. is. No, but he jumps is. off a building. John, do you know how much I just want yeah. in this world? One excuse for me to jump off a building and someone go, hey, he made
0: the right choice, bro. He did no, it. No I, one's going to blame you. I get it, but like again, because because everyone there is fake and not real. Because I, I mean, it's 150 years later, so nowhere, no way is is Weird Nick Cave. No one appreciates that choice. They just go, oh, hmm. fucking number twenty three is woken up. Uh, let's go. So you're saying I should kill out.
1: myself now?
0: Yeah, while well, people still care. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> no, don't kill yourself now. Hey, you're recording this Skype, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, John, all right. So check out check out this vein <laughs> I have on my forearm. Okay. Uh-huh. Now remember, it's Hold down on. the street, not across a minute, the wait road.
0: Before before you do that. Uh, let's get a screen cap of you making a weird face so we can put it on YouTube. And it was like, commit suicide. Yeah, dude, they're like, the oh, yeah, you will not Mr. believe. Beaster. Yeah. Uh, seriously, I don't care. So. But, uh, yeah, so it's like, fine. Okay. So he's going to go back to the real world, uh, where doctors can fix his face and he will look like Tom Cruise again. What a brave choice, man. What a really brave choice. I just well, I, uh, I know well, let's be fair. I'm being glib. I'm being glib, but like yeah. I understand. The it's choice
1: just... is between this is Plato's Cave. Like the choice is between a, a fully immersive fantasy world. You know, better than Plato's Cave. He gets to control his entire world. He's saying, would you rather be God in a world where you can just have sex with Penelope Cruz all the time? Or do you want to be thrown back into the whims of regular everyday humanity?
0: 150 years out of time and you're running out of yeah. money. I mean, that's all he says is it won't last long. doesn't say anything about, yeah, I, I just feel like uh, that it, it just felt like that was kind of a, not a false choice, but like you or I having this choice versus this character is two very different things. Um, I think, cause this is, this is a guy that's already like, yes, he's known wealth and stuff all, all, all his life. And has just been caring about this. He was like a, a, a magazine magnate. And I know that doesn't necessarily like in 2001 magazines were much different and held sway in a way that they don't now. But I still feel like he's not going back to nothing. I know it's 150 years later, but like, I feel like he's got more of a cushion than most of us, or at least yeah, that's- no, i'm like, no, after inflation, in thanks, way. Joe Biden. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I understand that, that, yes, he's not completely got, but I also just feel like he's not, he'll be, he'll be fine. <laughs> he's also what I get from this. And maybe just because it's not. Yeah, Tom no, Cruz, I mean, but. no, but I mean, the, the choice
1: is still do you continue in a world where you literally have godlike power and live in eternal beauty and love, or do you go back to what could be a shitty world? It's an interesting I'm not saying they do it well, but it is, yeah. it is an actually interesting choice. It, it is an interesting they choice. They should have hired like, someone with depth to, to act that. And then you'd be like, oh, look at his face. He's like thinking about
0: stuff. We yeah. didn't get that. <laughs> it's an interesting choice that I think, like, the Truman Show handles better. Because like he doesn't, Truman doesn't know anything outside of, of his, his bubble, but he's figured out that it's fake. And so he's moving beyond. So who knows what that could be? He walks in this black doorway. That could be anything. But this is like, I'm like, I'm rich and pretty and I'm going to go back to just being pretty. And, uh, I know that yeah. that's, that's superficial, but it's just, yeah, I didn't, it didn't have no, the no, weight of to, those other yeah. choices, but it's also because it feels like, again, like Tom Cruise being woefully miscast. It's like, well, you're already like middle-aged. Yeah. I, I, there's there's not that like sense of like your whole life is ahead of you now. And oh, now you can really experience it. I, I just don't really get upset when when movies like, man, I've, I've done something here. It's not like you, you watch a, a Hallmark Christmas movie, something like that. You know what you're getting. Everyone involved knows what they're doing in terms of like the, the, the kind of movie they're making. But when you make something really shitty and then you're just like, but look at how smart and deep this is. I get so annoyed by that. And maybe this works for, for other people. I mean, I saw a lot of in, in reading about this or, or, uh, researching this, there was a lot of things like this was a, uh unappreciated masterpiece. or like this really like spoke to the American condition about believing in false narratives no. and we, I'm like, ah, that's a reach. It, we this, we this still do, lot... in the face of everything. We still yeah, do. No, no.
1: I, I, I enjoyed this movie. I, I'd watch it again. Mm. I, again, bad editing, but like, uh, not a masterpiece. It's, it's so far from fucking master. I just had an idea though. Know it would be great if the Truman Show. You know, he walks out of it. That they did a Truman Show too, where it's like they they recast the main character. And it's like Truman Show versus Road Rules versus Real World uh-huh. Challenge. Yeah, and like it's just it just literally just more and more bad reality TV. Shit, yeah, like Naked because, Island
0: or whatever. Yeah, what was it? Well, you're in the real world, but let us film you being a part of that. Like that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely really funny. the world yeah. we live in now. Man, that's depressing.
1: I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it was, naked and afraid versus Truman Show. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a world that started like not long after the Truman Show came out, so I can't be like, it's that different. But oof, um, yeah, I just ah, man, I fucking hate this movie a lot. Uh, it's it's really grating, and and some of it is, is. And I didn't pick out specific lines, but I really hate the the dialogue in this a lot. And a lot of Cameron Crowe's writing, I really, I don't like. You should check out the original, Abre los ojos. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but just for for um, no for contrast, it's, it, it felt already like as far as I got into it, it already felt like so much tighter because it was just like, I, I, you know, movies aren't necessarily just plot delivery systems, but it just, the story just felt so much more cohesive. Yeah. Cause I feel like this, this faffs about so much with like his magazine empire and this stuff like that where it's, it doesn't really, it, to me, it doesn't do much to it. It, it tries to do this. Like I said, this tries to do this. Like, Oh, it's like the game. Like what's, what's real. Are they actually screwing with you or not? And that, doesn't feel like the point. I know we, we, we've we in the the dream cycle that we've done that that's that's a reoccurring thing. But it never really felt like which is a dream and what isn't. It kind of just lays it all out at the end. And that last little bit of Kurt yeah. Russell being like, oh, maybe it's seven dwarves just like, what are you even talking about now? Like, I know it's phony. You know, you know, me as the audience member. So, like, why did you even bother with that?
1: Well, I think it was really great. Ingmar Bergman would agree. Nice. Good work. <laughs> Thanks. Uh yeah, it's I mean you're right, but I really enjoy the movie. I like the sound cues. It's it just comes down to how much tolerance you have for Cameron Crow. It's very Cameron Crow y. Yeah. It's poorly paced. Uh it's I mean it's said seven minutes, but I mean it's probably a solid 15 minutes too long. Um, maybe even twenty. But I no, I really enjoyed it. I, I I think it's well worth watching.
0: This actually made me nervous to go back and rewatch. Say anything and singles, which are movies by him that I really really like, in in a genre of films that I don't generally enjoy. But I really li- like. I remember really liking Say Anything, and I remember really really liking Singles. And I'm kind of like, oh man, am I going to not like it now if I go back?
1: I liked both those as well, but I haven't seen them in a very long yeah, time.
0: Yeah, yeah, neither of I. But one of the things I read about this like was talking about how like this because this had a pretty like. Uh, uh, Negative reaction overall. Like, there some critics that really liked it. Roger Ebert really liked it. Whatever. But, like, audiences were really that stoked. Right after this was Elizabethtown. And the, they were basically saying that, like, this really, like, shook Cameron Crowe's career. It, he got in his own head. Because then, like, he made, like, let's make it, we're buying a zoo. Which was this pretty, like, who cares movie. It's it on its face. as a who cares movie. So it was a safe choice for him. But then he made Aloha, that movie. Which I never saw. But it's, it got a bunch of flack. Because he cast Emma Stone as an Asian woman. Oh, that was like 2018 or something like that. Like, yeah, it was, it wasn't that long ago, but it was like, ah, but so, so this was like his, like this, this movie was so dumb. It shook him so bad that he never made a good movie again, but I don't know if that's true or not, but, uh, this certainly sucked. I will agree with that.
1: Hey, uh, speaking of things that don't suck, John, you, uh, do you have any things that don't suck to tell the audience
0: about? I do. I've I've actually watched several things that don't suck. Recently stayed at a place up in Washington called the Southwester, which is a, a, a great place. I recommend it. But uh, they had a VHS library that you could just rent stuff from. Fuck and, yeah. Uh, you don't you just use, you just kind of borrow it. I watched Get Shorty, which I don't think I've seen since it came out. And that movie is still a lot of fun. Um, it's just very breezy. It's Barry Levinson. Uh it's weird to watch. I mean, John Travolta has is kind of like it's weird to watch him now just cause his like public persona is pretty shit. But um it's like oh, I can see why people people liked uh liked him. And it's weird to watch Danny DeVito play not a disgusting troll, just like a guy, because that doesn't happen there very much anymore. But it's still a lot of
1: fun. I don't remember what his part was in
0: that. Yeah, but it's it's like I said, it's it's an Elmore Leonard, you know, it's based on an Elmore Leonard book. Yeah. And so it's it's very breezy and fun. And then I highly, highly, highly recommend One Cut of the Dead, which I, I don't want to get too much about it because this sort of like unfolding of it is, is what makes it great. But it's kind of about people making a zombie movie and then a zombie outbreak happens but there's more to it than that. It's a Japanese movie. It's like 90 minutes, but it is so much fun. And it's it's light, but it's also like, it, it has kind of an emotional punch to it in certain places, but it's very funny, very good. Um, I, I I highly recommend that. And then I, I guess for a third one with an asterisk is I, I just finished Copenhagen Cowboy on Netflix. And if you like post-drive Nicholas Winding Refn, you might enjoy this. It's It's a lot of, it's very slow, But it's colorful and pretty, and unlike Too Old to Die Young, it's it's way more fantastical, and that kind of helps keep it interesting. It's not just tough guys solemnly nodding over synth music for an hour and a half each episode. So check that out, but there's a caveat on there, because if you're familiar with any of his work, like Only God Forgives or Neon Demon... He has this particular style and pacing that is not necessarily for everyone, but I got a huge kick out of Copenhagen Cowboy.
1: So, John, I've been watching movies. Oh, that's good. I know I'm the the guy that every time people are like, hey, what do you got to recommend? I go over TVs, which is stupid as a person that hosts a show about uh, movies. Yeah, that's fine. And I have none to report back, but I'm going to quickly say the movies I watched that I'd been meaning to get to for a while and sucked. So uh, I watched uh, The Maze Runner because it was on Amazon Prime Uh and uh, it was was, a... Somewhere between Terrible and... and yeah. Okay. Well, now, was that... The, the They made a bunch of those, didn't they? Or at least a couple, I think. I think so. I only watched the okay. first one and I was good. All right. <laughs> like, I was kind of felt. I watched another YA thing that I don't remember what it was called. I think it was Divergent or something like that. Oh, it, was, yeah. uh, it was getting stupid. But uh, the one I wanted to reference for, for it's interesting to watch is I watched Oblivion, starring our friend Tom Cruise. Oh.
0: With uh, Morgan Freeman?
1: Yes. That movie is worth watching. It's 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 not good. It's not a good movie. Can't be clearer. Uh-huh. But it is so convoluted and batshit that by the time the like kind of reveal at the end happens, you're like. I don't know that I even understood the reveal, even though it's there's no mystery. It is very clear. But it's just so like, oh yeah, you thought this, but what about this? And what about this? No, oh, it turns out it's this. And you're like, I, I, oh boy, I, I do not. Give, holy shit, this is bad. So watch that. But my actual recommendation, as everybody on the planet has heard already, but The Last of Us, the uh, HBO adaptation of the video game uh, is terrific. I love the video game. And uh, I was worried going into it. Couldn't imagine... Uh, Pedro Pascal as uh, as Joel, and I was wrong like like 30 seconds into his performance. Yeah. Like, yep, get what you're doing. I'm right there. Cool. Good job, dude. Like, didn't see how you were going to do it, and now that I see it, can't imagine anybody else. You're amazing. It's so good. Everybody talks about episode three, which features Nick Offerman, who I am not a fan of as an actor, and he fucking slays. Yeah. Like, it is so goddamn good. Yeah. Uh, Terrific show, uh, recommended wholeheartedly. Watch The Last one.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to wait until like the season ends and then I'll probably check it out. Um I was a f- I was a huge fan of the first game. And it's interesting because because people have talked about how like, look, you you took out the interactive part of it and perhaps it's even better with that. So what does that say about like sort of the art form of video games? And, you know, I don't necessarily know about that, but it is sort of a thing where if you take away a guy doing a bunch of murders in between set pieces that that you know that might actually help the story but um i i love the first one so much and i love the way it ended that like when the second one came out i'm like i don't care i don't want to play it because i like i just like the the way the story ends and the and so I'm hesitant to go check out the show because of that, and I'm not saying that's the right move, but I'll probably wait till the season's over and then then give it a shot. You know
1: what they say when you host a pop culture show, you should wait for everybody to be stop watching the thing. And then we watch. just did Vanilla <laughs> Sky, man. Like we've never been on top of anything. Come on, Vanilla Sky is fucking brand new. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, we are, we are uh, really.
1: Uh, so, John, for next episode of John and Alex Hate Stuff, the show that we're currently on, hmm. I was thinking I want to watch another movie. With a Harry Potter alum in it.
0: Yeah, that's that's a given.
1: You, not the not the new Rupert Grint movie. What? The powerhouse of Rupert Grint? You're going to turn that down? Let me show... Well, hey, Batista's in it, too. Let me uh, show you this list of other movies I'm thinking about. Or should I say this menu? Okay. That's right. We're watching The Menu starring Ralph oh, Fiennes. Oh, I get it now. Or, um, by Ralph, I mean Rafe. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, who I believe played Voldemort. Hmm. One of the finds did. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to do that... Uh, uh, it's going to be great. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com, so it's Alex Boland, A-L-E-X-X-B-O-L-L-E-N. Uh, you sign up for that because we got a bunch of uh, bespoke audio for you to listen to there.
0: Yeah. And if Twitter is still functioning, um, we're at JawsPod on Twitter. and yes. uh, And
1: you can listen to John's other show, This May Hurt a Bit. Yes.
0: And Alex's other show, Whiz Fuck Biz, yeah. on exactly. where, where podcasts uh, are.
1: Yes. Make sure to vote on whether Alex or Eric are gonna win a catch it throwing contest. Yeah, I I'm sure that
0: poll's gonna be way close uh <laughs> Yeah. I I voted for that. I voted for it, then I realized I was in our account, the John Alex stuff account. So like, oh whatever. whatever oh, I'll go really? back and I'll vote for you with, with me. Well my my I've seen oh, you th- I have seen you throw a, a frisbee golf disc. So I'm like, you got some you got aim, you got uh uh you know upper body strength more than I have. But so. you know, Eric's got a big beard and
1: he's like short and stout, so I feel like he could throw an axe. Like style. right,
0: but that's also he's hairier, so that's that's wind resistance. So that's going yeah, to drag, that's drag, yeah. And and uh,
1: my dolphin, my dolphin-like, yeah, uh, file uh-huh. uh, <laughs> <Yep>. body. Yep, <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't have
0: alopecia. Alex just likes to stay smooth.
1: Yeah, I just like to shave. All right, we're done. See say nice time. <laughs> okay, bye.